Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and this episode is brought to you by my sponsor, Certified Piedmontese. I have a great offer for you, so stick around later in the episode. I want to get that to you. But first, let's get to my guest today. I'm beyond excited for today's guest because this is it's going to be a little bit of a different episode than usual. There might be laughter. There might be tears. There will definitely be an amazing moving story, and I am so excited to introduce to you my guest, Gary Hughes. He is the hospitality director down at the Open Door Mission. Gary, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. So for those who don't know, the Open Door Mission is a is a really cool place that is committed to breaking the cycle of homeless and poverty in Omaha and feeding people. You obviously play a very large role in that. There's so much that I love about your story. I almost don't know where to start, but I think a good place might be to kind of introduce people to the Open Door Mission and its purpose and how your role advances those goals. Can can you do that for me? Sure. Um, I started off with a, a chefy and a, and a restaurant management background. Um, went as far as making a career out of it until... Um, drug addiction and alcoholism completely tore it from me. Took everything that, that I had worked hard for and within a matter of 27 years just torched it to the ground. So, And uh, the Open Door Mission was a place to where I didn't know it existed, but um, somehow God put his feelers out there and guided me towards that place. Um, there I found my spirituality again. I found uh, recovery, thank God. Um, and from there, it's just it's just been been on fire, you know. It's the the God is a God of second chances, and that was probably my fourth. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty good. How many meals are you serving each day out of the kitchen? Um, that's a good question. Um, out of the kitchen, we're probably serving anywhere from two to four hundred. Um, and that depends on the rain. That depends on government checks. That depends on uh, uh, how how focused people are coming in and out. Um, obviously, the colder weather is going to bring some more folks in. Um, it's just hard to say. It's um, people out there getting security checks or or um, stimulus checks. You know, they, they tend to the addiction side of it. Um, they're not going to want to stay at a homeless shelter when they can stay at a hotel or or do things like that but but i'm going to be there with open arms when when that money runs out and they need a, a place and, and a roof over their head and, and food in their belly that's where i that's where i stand in mm-hmm. now, i've been told that <coughs> because most of what you're cooking comes from donations or comes from Absolutely. things that people bring in you don't necessarily know what you're going to be <laughs> cooking when you show up at work every day it's like someone at the mission described it to me as you're like you're playing a game of chopped, only Absolutely. you're creating like hundreds of meals instead of just three or four. What is that like? That just sounds wild. It's uh, fun. It's fun for a chef. Um, it can be an antagonizing. It can be ruthless sometimes. But for the most part, getting to create is amazing. You know what I mean? Um, 90% of what we get into there is donated. What I, what I purchased for the, for the kitchen are um, single-serve dressings, uh, condiments. Um, I do. I did learn a little bit from the, from COVID that uh, I'm never going to go back to free-pouring anything again. 
Uh-huh. You know, that's just one lesson that I've taken from the COVID bag. I mean, because we were, we were uh, proactive instead of reactive. And um, we did a really great job when COVID hit us. Um, we've learned a lot. Um, moving on from there is like your single-serve dressings, your ketchups, your mayonnaise, your mustards, um, your salad dressings, um, your salts, your peppers. Nobody should be handling that twice. You know, and if you do take it out of there, I don't, don't necessarily want it back in the kitchen. Um, the plates, they all go through the sanitizer, the, the dishware, if we finally get in, getting that to go through. Um, there was a while there where we were serving nothing but paper products, you know, to-go boxes, paper plates. I mean, astronomical. Um, you're, you're, you're looking at, you're doing four to 600 to-go boxes of dinner service or lunch service a day. Chalk that up for a year. That's a lot, mm-hmm. you know. So, but um, as as everything comes through, I'm not, you know, I have yet to buy a protein wow. for the mission. I've been I've been full time three and a half years, um, and that's not saying like the bistros will be purchased for the bistros and stuff like that. But as for me, going okay, I'm going to plan a meal, and I'm a, I want this to be flank steak, or I want this to be brisket, or I want this to be chicken. I've never had to buy that. God has brought all that, you know. And I think if we're still good stewards of what God's bringing into the place, he's going to keep bringing it. So, For anyone who's listening to this, feel free. Donate to the Open Door Mission. Absolutely. It, anything that you can bring helps. And you were telling me on the way in that there was even there was a day where you got to serve a version of Surf and Turf because yeah, that was amazing. somebody donated a yeah. filet mignon, somebody yep. else donated lobster, and you got to bless yep. people with a crazy <clears throat> meal like that. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh there was a donation of 401 pound Canadian uh, lobsters. Um, they were frozen, obviously, but uh, as as lobsters go, I mean, wow, you know. And then, <laughs> then to turn around and like two weeks later, there was there was a um, New York strips, ribeyes, and mignon, and. They were just pallets. I've never seen just pallets of steaks before. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it even makes me step back and go, wow. You know, I've got to get a picture of me laying in on those. You know? <laughs> so what we did is, is we took it and, and we had the guys there. So um, my hands were tired the, the next day, but we cracked 250 lobsters that day. Oh my. Got that ready. Um, down to the claws to the knuckles because I wanted to use those claws and the knuckles for or a chowder that I wanted to do later in the week. Um, that was about the only planning I could do there. And then the steaks, getting them seared off, getting them fired up, making sure that those steaks are coming out. You know, I didn't want, you know, there's so many people coming through and you're not getting the tickets coming down. You're not getting two rares over here. I need a medium over here. I need a well done over here. It's just how am I going to fit everybody's palate into where they're going to eat it, even if it's a, it's a little overdone or a little overdone, you know. So I, I chose um, medium. I mean, that's a good place to start. So medium with lobster tails, and then we did, I think we had the, the garden open that year. So we had all kinds of fresh produce. Um, it was it was, it was was amazing. I actually took a picture of it and sent it to my buddy that, that manages restaurants in Dallas, and he texted me back real quick, and he said, so you're you're still cooking at the the homeless shelter? And I, I went dot dot dot, and I went, yeah, isn't it great? You know. <laughs> I mean, so and then we get we get stuff like that all the time. Um, ribs, you know, where where I came back and I had like seventy eight slabs of baby back ribs. Oh wow! 
So we made up our own barbecue sauce from scratch. Um, we did a did an apricot. I did a watermelon barbecue sauce. So it was that was all right, you know. That was that was my little Texas root there. So, but uh, everybody loved it, you know. Um, sometimes I get people that don't, but it's it's I'm not. How are they putting their shoes on in the day? How, what happened to them? You know, I, I'm trying to cater to their needs. I'm trying to cater to show them that everybody that's coming out of this kitchen is, is, is loving on them because I don't know what's happened in your life. You know, uh, my office is always open for them to come in and, and tell me what's happened in their life, to pray with them, to move on with them, and, and get them the right help that they need. Maybe they need a case manager. Maybe they need uh, uh, mental health. Um, that's, that's, that's what God's got me right where he's got me. You know, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling but a great feeling at the same time, you know. When I when I go to bed at night, I, I don't wonder if I did something right. I, I just wonder if I made Jesus smile. So. Oh, that's beautiful. So what what when you wake up and you and you go into work, what's the first thing you do? Are are you like are you seeing okay? Here's here's what's available, and then your mind just starts spinning, or like what what's first for you? It, it's kind of weird for me because I I like to get there probably about a half hour, uh, forty minutes early. And I, and I walk through the kitchen and I do a spot check. But then I go out to the hallways of the mission and I start talking to the residents. I start greeting the residents, telling them good morning. Um, how are you doing? I walk up to the front front of the house and, I, and I'll get a cup of coffee. I'll come back and, and maybe I get stopped a couple of times to pray with some of the residents. Or, or you know, there's, there's so many by name that, you know, I just, they're like family. So it's like getting up in the morning and going down to the, the table where dad's sitting there drinking his coffee and you're just hanging out with everybody, right? So um, I used to come in early and tell two people that I had never seen before my, my story. And I've kind of got away, away from that because everybody there knows me now. Um, but uh, um, then I go back in, I, and I open the cooler door, and I go, hmm, I got to go grab a cart. <laughs> so, so then I go grab a cart, and I, I just start grabbing stuff. You know, it's, it's like that little basket they give you on Chopped. And then they lift that basket up, and you're like, okay, yeah, I can make this work, Uh huh. I think, yeah. yeah, so it's fun. So do the wheels just immediately start turning in your head as, as you're going through the walk-in and being like, okay, I can do this with this, I can use this protein with this vegetable, or how, yeah. how does that work? Um, it's weird because sometimes some of my best meals started off as one meal and and morphed into this other meal because... I don't have enough product for this or I don't have enough for this. So I want to enhance the flavor for this over here. Um, do I, am I going to make it a cream sauce or am I going to make this uh, a red sauce or, Hey, I just got a whole thing of Dijon mustard in. So I'm going to make some Dijon cream sauce. Um, or that just happened to me, by the way, that's what I, <laughs> it's top so, of mind. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did a Dijon cream sauce with the chicken and, and, and it, it was crazy because who donates just a case of heavy cream <laughs> and three cases of the Dijon mustard. You know, it's just like, all right, it's a no-brainer, you know? So, yeah, and then, uh, or getting getting the stock and, and, and butchering up and showing the, the, the guys how to butcher and then using that to make a, a good base and then and showing them that we can use this chicken base here or we can use this duck, you know, for the bone marrow here. And, and it's just fun. Yeah, so... To make a one meal, I would never know if it's going to morph into something else. 
what is, and I apologize, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what's one meal that just sticks out in your head? Like, kind of like the, the surf and turf dinner like you were talking about, but another one where it was like, you didn't necessarily know where you were going to start, or maybe it started in one direction, and you really had to pivot hard, but the end result was just so memorable, and at the end of the day, you were just like, man, I nailed that one. I try to, uh, when the students come in that are going through the New Life program, I get them all gathered up, and, 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 and we pick four guys to come help us in the kitchen. And, uh, and we rotate those through. And uh, this one kid, I'll, I'll never forget, I'm like, so, what do you want to make? And he's like, I want to do chicken parmesan. Okay. Everybody knows. Okay. Chicken parm would be awesome if it was just 20 people. Uh-huh. We're going to make 800 chicken parms. <laughs> That's a lot of pounding. <laughs> yeah. So so we're doing this, and then this kid just quits in the middle of it. He doesn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so we're all on the hook for doing it. So, yeah, but it, it turned out I, I do Italian well. Yeah, uh, that's one thing I could do. So so we, we mustered through it without his help because he gave up on us. But uh, we we did a, a lot of uh, par frying because, you know, you got to par fry that up and you got to wrap it. And, and it's, yeah, it's crazy. But it came out amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the chicken breasts were these double low breasts. And, and, if, and if anybody in the culinary area, you know, they're, they're bigger than the size of my hand. It's just one breast, you know, and, and we're knocking 800 of those out. You know, everybody went to bed that night on a full belly, and there was no complaining. You know, it was it was quiet around the mission that night. Yeah. But it was it was amazing, yeah. Uh-huh. That was probably my fondest memory of, of what making something. Gotcha. Now, um, the way that your story kind of – and I want to get back into food, but I also think it's really important to kind of tell your story and, and tell the, the road on how you got here. The way that you kind of came on my radar was about a month ago, um, I, I work at a church called King of Kings, and we came down to the Open Door Mission and had an all-staff serve day. And when we got back the next day, we, we all shared what our most impactful part of the day was. And about half of the staff said the most impactful thing that happened to them all day was talking to you or hearing your story. And I got little bits and pieces of it from them, but I want to hear it from you because clearly it it made a real impression on a lot of people. So let's just go back to the food part of it. How did you get into cooking originally? What drew you to the kitchen? Uh, My Nana, you know, uh, growing up in an Italian home, uh, we did we did food, you know. If you went to grandma's house, it was like a seven course meal, you know, and you weren't Dang. leaving. You weren't leaving, you know. So and I, and I was the type of kid that I'd just pull the bar stool and help, you know. So that was that was that was my start. My uh start into the restaurant fields was uh Ron Pop. Um awesome, you know, for all the things that he's shown me and taught me through through the nineties, you know, uh, working for him. That was amazing. Um, that started my career on, on management. But, um, as I went through, um, the stresses and, and, and I want to say the lifestyle, I guess, um, you play hard, you work hard. Um, I ended up playing a little too hard and, and, and it, it took a toll on me. It took away everything, alcoholism, um, alcoholism and drug addiction. 
um, took everything away. I mean, I, at one time I was pulling in over a hundred thousand a year and seven years later, I'm homeless in a, in a park. You know, I went from drinking six hundred bottle, six hundred dollar bottles of scotch to a two dollar bottle of vodka. You know, um, pride was nowhere in there. It was, it was where was I going to get my next, my next bottle, and who was I going to manipulate, con or steal or or rob to get? You know, and and when you're that far gone, you think a lot of people give up on you. Um, and I thought God had given up on me. I had lost my parents uh, pretty early. Uh, my mom died before I was legal age to drink. My dad died shortly after. I want to say five, six years, maybe four or five years after that. Um, so I kind of grew up doing my own thing, being my own adult. Um, and, it, and I did well. I was a functioning alcoholic for years um, and, until I wasn't, you know. I was I was, a, I was a alcoholic until I was a complete drunk, you know. And there's no no way to balance that. It's like, you know, when, when I was that type of guy, when I called you, you, you kind of cringed inside and said, uh, no, I don't, I don't got room for you, you know, because all I wanted to do was sleep on your couch. You know, I thought that was living, and it wasn't. You know, I was dying, slowly dying inside. Um, I had wrecked a marriage. My kids wouldn't talk to me. Um, completely homeless. Friends would alienate me. My sister said she loved me, but she didn't want to talk to me, you know, you know. Um, she says, all I have to do is love you, but I don't have to like you, you know, and that hurts, you know, from, from a, a sibling standpoint. So bottom line burned every bridge I had, um, 27 years on one side of the family, 24 for the other side of a family wouldn't talk to me. That's those are a lot of years to be self-indulged in your own addictions. And, um, I lost and I lost and I kept losing and I kept losing and I kept blaming others and I kept blaming others until finally the, the thumbs were stopped and they were pointing at me. Um, it was weird because I was, I was homeless in a, in a park, uh, probably two blocks away from the open door mission. And I didn't even know it existed. So I'm sitting there and I'm on this rock. I remember it clear as day. And this older black gentleman just comes up over the hill and he sits down right next to me and he's like, like boy and I'm just looking at this guy thinking he wants my vodka you know and I, he's like boy don't you know the open door mission can help you and I was that resonates you know still to this day and I'm and I'm like no nah, they don't want it. he goes God can help you and I said God doesn't want anything to do with me and uh he asked if he could pray with me long long story short I told him absolutely not I told him God didn't want anything to do with me um why would he? And uh, he kind of shook his head a little bit, and he was getting up. And as he's walking away, he's going over the hill, and I can hear him. He says, I'm going to pray for you anyways. Huh. You know, and, and as as I seen the top of his head go away, then I, I, I couldn't stop crying. It's like those 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 heaves that you get where your whole body jumps up and down. Yeah. And um, I threw that bottle of vodka, so sorry for littering. Um, but – uh. You know, and I was sitting there bawling and bawling and bawling. And so finally, I'm just like, you know what? So I get that courage up again to to walk over that hill, and I'm kind of looking to where he pointed to where this mission was, and I, and I start walking, and I see this street there. I think that's uh, Abbott or Locust, and I was thinking, well, maybe I can jump in front of a, a car or something, you know, and just get to stop it right there, you know. 
And I looked and I, and I looked up and I saw the speed limit sign was only 45 miles an hour. I was like, man, that ain't going to work, you know? So, I mean, kidding myself, but that's what, exactly what I thought, you know? I was like, man, that ain't going to work. It had to be a bus. So then I get walking. So then I see these buildings. And one is the, the Lydia House and one is the Garland Thompson Men's Center. Well, I first went to the Lydia House because I didn't know where I was going. And they don't let men in there. So, so, so here I am, hungover, scared shakes because i'm going through withdrawals so I, I threw my vodka and I, I get over to the men's center and then you have to walk through this metal detector and i'm, I'm scared to death by now you know i'm a 45 year old man that's never been into a homeless shelter always lived upper middle class and just lost it all you know so i get there um i come around the corner and i kind of muster up some man points because i didn't want everybody to see my crying eyes and and that so i'm like I kind of do my best man voice, and I'm like, so you got some kind of program here. And uh, just then, I, the director of the, the men's center was uh, Pat McKernan, and I seen him pop his head out of his office. And he's like, yeah, we got a program here. And he gets up, and he, he gets the paperwork, and he's like, hey, just fill this out. You know, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to go already. You know, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'll just take a shower. I'll bounce. Um, he's like, you can fill it out right here. So I'm like, okay. And then he's trying to tell me, he's like, it'll maybe take a couple of days to interview you for this. But he goes, you know, uh, once we get you squared away and get your intake, and, and then we'll, we'll get you going. And I was like, okay, I'm going to bounce. I'm going to run. You know, that's my fight or flight. And I was, I was a flight guy. Um, so I fill out the application and I give it to him. Um, he must have saw it in my eyes that I was going to run. <laughs> Taking me easier. <laughs> um, uh, he saw it in my eyes. I was probably going to run. Um, so he goes, no, Mr. Hughes, he goes, let's, I'll interview you right now. So, uh, so now I'm scared to death, right? So I go in his office and he starts telling me about his background. You know, this is a man with 30 years of sobriety, you know, and he starts telling me his story and it's, it's kind of similar to mine. And I'm like, what, you know, there's other people this bad, (laughs) you know, and, uh, he said the the two best things that he's ever said to anyone, and I think it's um, the the best thing I've ever heard in my life and the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. And he said, Mr. Hughes, I think you'd be a great fit for the new life recovery program here. So And that, and that was my start. You know, that was my start out to my journey. Um, what a long journey, too. It was 10 months of being sober, um, graduating the program. Wanted Wanted to give back, but I didn't know how. Um, so in the process of that, King of Kings Church sponsors a, a peak challenge and I was in the program and, and I'm doing well and, uh, I, I'm getting the sobriety thing. I, I, I got a recovery thing on it and, uh, they take us to this, to this mountains in, in Colorado and, and it's beautiful, you know? Yeah. Peak challenge is like a five-day kind of men's retreat Absolutely. where you go out to the mountains, you get to climb a couple 14ers, and really just spend some time in nature. It's a cool deal. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's it's it's, it's amazing thing. And, and they sponsor guys from the Open Door Mission. So there was 22 of us that went. And we, we get there and we pitch camp, and I get to meet Roger and some of the guys from King of Kings. You know, and this is as a student, um, probably four years ago, four and a half years ago. So we get there and... And we're doing these things, and we're and we're in prayer, and we're in devotions, and 
and I'm just communing, and then I climb this mountain. It takes me like five hours to get to the top of this thing. And uh, When I get to the top, you know, just looking out and seeing everything, you're just like, man, he made this for me, you know? It's it's pretty cool. Um, There's nothing like it. Right? Absolutely uh, nothing like it. It's life-changing. It, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Uh, so... So then I take a little nap because I'm tired, you know. So I take a little 20-minute <laughs> nap. So I get down to the, the bottom of the mountain, and they're baptizing folks in the, in the, in the lake there. And I can't even remember what mountain we were doing, but as soon as I came down and I saw those guys, I just, it's like something grabbed me, and I just, I just kept walking and walking and walking and walking and walking, and I, I went right in and, uh, and got baptized. And when I came out of that water, I was on fire. I was on fire for Christ, and I, and I still am. Um, you, I couldn't even tell you how cold the water was. You know, everybody else was complaining. Wasn't the water cold? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, all I wanted to do was come out and love God. And, um, and it's still true to this day, you know. Um, I want to live in love like Jesus Christ. And, and that's a tall order, and I know I'll never be able to do it. But it's not going to stop me from trying. And, and that's, that's where the mission comes in. My mission field is that I didn't know, you know, it was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, that was his plan all along, and and I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't I didn't know because I wasn't looking. I was so astrayed from him, and he kept yelling at me, and I kept shutting the door, and and then so finally he just made it so that door wouldn't shut. You know, where he had to listen. You know, and thank God for that. Right. So, um, I uh. I took an urban ministry class through the mission and it's called a to me and it's a two year class and, and just graduated that a little while ago. And, and now my new thing is going to be, uh, I, I want to, I want to help those that are suffering like me. You know, I, I love those guys. I love those gals that come through here and muster up enough courage and strength to, to try to stay sober and to live sober and, and to do it godly is almost, I don't know how you can't, cannot do that. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's my next thing, man. I, I, I want to put a plate of food in front of you so I can talk to you about Jesus, you know, because hope begins with that meal. Um, you're more likely to talk to me about Jesus Christ on a full belly than if you're hangry, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about that a little bit on the car ride here. So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my goal, man. That's what God has got me right where he wants me and I'm going to let him drive. You know, because the minute I drive, I'm I'm a shoulder driver. You know? <laughs> I can't stay on. I can't stay. You're gonna be hitting the rumble strips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like, burnt, burnt. What do you know? I don't know. You drive here. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's my story and, and minimal crying put aside. But it, it seems like you know it's been four and a half years, and every time I tell that story, I, I still get choked up by that part where where God grabbed me. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I got you, man. Mm-hmm. Just do this. Just do this. So as, as, as you start feeling that pull and, and that desire to help other people like you was because of your background in restaurants was the kitchen at the open door mission. Was that just like a natural fit or how, how did you get involved with the kitchen? There? Absolutely. Um, when I first was going through the program, they didn't want me in the kitchen because I had restaurant experience. They said, God doesn't want you comfortable. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. And, uh, and I get it, but I was so mad, you know, I was like, that's, that's where I want to be. Well, it's not about you. It's, it's about keeping you sober 
you know, that was your old life. He goes, why don't we try something new? So after a while, I, I gained the confidence, and, and, and then I got in there, and I started off part-time. And it was 29 hours a week, and then that was a little, probably a couple weeks, and then they said I could go to 32 hours a week. So then I went for a couple more, I think two months, and then uh, then I went to full-time. I went to 40 hours a week, and I did that for, I want to say, four, four or five and then they come and approach me and ask me if I would like to to do the department. So, so yeah, God definitely had a plan in his in his in his midst for that. But I, was I looking for that? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? I I didn't know where I wanted to go, what I was going to do. God decided for me. So that was that was the best part about it. That I I wasn't I wasn't worried. You know what I mean? It's just like God's got me. I, I'm going to do this. And whatever the outcome, whatever doors open and whatever doors close, I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be here for the ride. But I, I know I got a great pilot. So, yeah. So it's it's been nothing short of amazing. Yeah, and that's that's such a healthy attitude to have because I imagine, especially, you know, if you've only been working part time in that kitchen for a, roughly a year or so. And operating that kitchen, as we're going to talk about, is very different than operating a restaurant. And all of a sudden, they come to you and say, hey, do you want to run the department? That's a pretty heavy ask. Like, that's a tall order, and that's a lot of learning that you have to do in a short amount of time. It's one thing to rely on yourself for that confidence, (laughs) but to have God backing that up, I'm I'm assuming that made that a much easier decision to say yes. We talk a lot about having God confidence, and uh, God's not going to steer us anymore wrong you know um the guys that were before me were great leaders and 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 i hope to i don't want to make managers i want to make leaders so when you come out of this i want you to be able to go and you know i'm more excited about what you said in your small group at church last night than 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 this great recipe that you got you know but we'll we'll eat that recipe too don't don't get me wrong but but i want guys to know that the kitchen is an opportunity to share hope. And the way we do that is by putting great meals out there, tasty meals. Um, know that these meals weren't slopped together, but they, they were made from our hearts. You know, everybody, everybody ha- takes pride in that because that's, that's that gift that God's given us. And, and if it makes you happy, it makes me happy. Because um, I'm definitely a people pleaser. You know, uh, I, there's no way around that. My boss will tell you that. Um, but I want everything to go well. I, I when you when you hurt, I hurt. You know, um, when you're in a bad spot, I want I want to instantly just take you and tell you it's going to be better. But it, sometimes it's not. Sometimes we get stretched and we're pulled and we're molded into the the men and women that God's called us to be. And sometimes we don't see that until we're at the very end and we've made it through, and we got that growth and that that. That God confidence, you know, we look back and we say, I survived this. You know, I don't know how I survived this, but I'm right here. And I'm standing on the other side of this unscathed, you know, literally unscathed. Whatever I lost during my addiction and and alcoholism, God has brought back. You know what I mean? And it wasn't because I did something right. It was because I I just shut up and listened, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and that's the best part about it. So... So everybody that comes through the kitchen knows that it's kind of like a full belly ministries. 
Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love Certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics, and it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. Well, I love that you you were just talking about how you prioritize really caring about the people who you're working with as opposed to the plates that are going out. And by, by no means does that mean you're not putting 100% effort into the food that goes out. You're doing some great food. But the most important thing is kind of mentoring and helping the people that are working for you. And I think that's, it's just such an interesting contrast because in our current times, restaurants are really struggling to staff right now because a lot of, um, a lot of restaurant employees are looking at their wages. They're looking at how they're treated in kitchens. They're looking at the hours that they're working and they're saying, I have better options somewhere else. And you're kind of taking the opposite approach where you're really prioritizing the people first was that just natural or d- did that come as a reflection of, Hey, I remember how it was when I worked in restaurants. I'm going to be the opposite of that. How did that approach kind of come? A little bit of both, but if, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest here, it's because of the leadership that I call to, you know, they changed me. Not, you know, I was a restaurant manager. Now I'm a disciple coach. You know what I mean? I love that, yeah. And it's it's because of the, my leadership is I report to somebody, they report to somebody, and they report to God. And, you know, I'm only three away from God. That's pretty good, you know? <laughs> so, but, and, and, and they'll change me, and, and they'll, they'll stand me corrected, you know? They'll be like, hey, what about so-and-so? Did you, did you think about those feelings? Did you, did you pray about it? You know, and, and that's what... I guess that's what that leadership is for, you know? I mean, I mean, I don't want to be the boss of all bosses. I want to be somebody that makes Jesus smile. And if somebody can say, you know what, you really helped me through a hard time because of, of this, this, and this, and you told me, you know what, why don't we sit down and pray about it? And then two weeks later, you asked me how I was doing it. You didn't just sit down and pray with me. It's like the the guy, you know, the the Sumerian, you know, where, oh, hey, God bless you. Uh-huh. And, you know, walk on by. You yeah, know. the good Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know, I want. I want to help you. I want. To, I want to know. I, I'm. I'm invested in you. So, and in turn, that investment's going to pay off because I'm. 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 I don't. For lack of a better word, I'm just trying to figure. I. I'm. I'm on your team. You know what I mean. And and your problems can can be our problems because we can work through those together. Um, and if we can't, we can find answers. You know and. And where the restaurant kind of breeds, well, you're doing your job good. Great. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about the weather, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
It's about I, your, I, about your sauce, about your garnish, about uh, your saute. We care about your production. Right. I want, I want twelve minute tickets. You know, I want I want people moving in and out of those seats. I want to be making that money. You know, the first service is over. Okay, so let's start making money for the restaurant now. This is our money. Um, I don't I don't care about that. I care about how you're feeling or or what you're doing or, or how how is God stretching and molding you? You know, yeah, it's gonna hurt. Getting stretched and molded into something that you don't really know that you wanted to be, you know, it's like that Gene Getz book, the the Measure of a Man. You know, it's a, I love that, and it's like it was written when I was born. You know, so it's just I want to make sure that everybody knows Jesus, and and a way to do that is is hope with the meal, hope with the the friendship, hope with the mentoring. Um, do you? Do you need a good Bible study? Do you need a good, um, do I need to just slow down? Do I need to not take a direct approach towards you? Do I need to understand that your 100% is not my 100%? And then I got to make sure that I'm not crushing you by by correcting you. Am I am I doing it biblically? Am I doing it that would, in a way that would be honoring God? Or am I doing it just because I want to be getcha gotcha? And then hopefully that spawns the next movement and the next movement. And, and that's how you get away from the, the cookie cutter restaurant into the cookie cutter discipleship uh, kitchen. Right. So. And just to be clear, like we've mentioned a couple negative circumstances and situations in restaurants. Not all restaurants are like that. No. There are, there are many that are very healthy where the chefs and the, and the owners really do care about their people and they prioritize them. I know I've had cooks come in here from the boiler room from, from Dante and from other restaurants like that and talk about how it's so refreshing that they are treated well and their boss will like help them move on the weekends or Absolutely. they'll see a leaky faucet and their boss will leave his position on the line and go fix it and stuff like that. So I, I, I just wanted to make that delineation oh, yeah, just yeah. because, but your overall point is, is correct in that, in that industry, so much of it is production over everything else and making sure every plate gets out on time. So that, that, that's a good point to make anyway. Yeah. And, and my restaurant things were, were growing up in through the nineties and, and, you know, I, I had a kitchen staff that we didn't turn over for four years. Yeah. I mean, we were like brothers. I mean, we could do anything. It's like reading our minds before even tickets hit the floor. You know what I mean? And to not have a turnover in four years in a restaurant. Unheard of. Yeah. I mean, these guys were amazing guys. So um, we had a lot of fun. And it's like we were talking about it earlier and how my face and my it, it changed because I got to thinking about you were reminiscing yeah, pretty hard. Yeah, all those all those <laughs> tickets hitting the floor and just just crazy, just crazy two and a half hours of service. And by the time we we're all done, we we're laughing and joking. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, it's it spawns organized chaos, and it's and it's amazing. So how does that compare with what you do now? Because obviously there's not a bunch of tickets right. hitting the rack, but you are feeding a lot of people, and there there's a line, and you, I mean, yeah, you have to get high quality food out to all these people. So how how does that the rush of restaurant service compare to what you're doing at the Open Door Mission? The the rush we used to call it the dinner show, and it was it was you're preparing for the curtain. And once the curtain opens up, 
then the ticket machine's rocking. You know, you just hear that thing going dzz, 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 the whole the whole time. Um, and you got people hollering, calling out proteins, uh, garnishes, uh, this plate. You know, how many minutes on this? How many minutes on that? We're at the mission. We're more we're we're more focused on. Uh, are the kids getting enough of their portions? Are are we getting enough proteins in there? Are are we satisfying all the needs? You know, um, on the cold bar, I want you know two selections of greens. I want two fruits. I want two wet salads. Um, two different kinds of entrees. We got a vegetable. Do we have a bread in there? Is the bread whole grain? You know, um, when you come and see me, you're you're not in the best shape of your life. You know, when I hit the mission, I was probably 160 pounds, um, soaking wet. And I do a lot of starches. I do uh, heavy starches because I, I want to put that weight on you. You know, I want you, you know. I, obviously, I'll never, I'll never see one sixty again. But, but yeah, it's it is what it is on that one. But I want, I want you fat and happy. You know, I want you to be healthy. You know, we always have choices of fruits, um, and that's what's amazing too. You know, um, we partner with so many folks out there and and just sorting through the stuff and and getting there to where. Where these guys get fresh fruit every every day is is amazing, you know. I mean, we could sit here and give give fruit out of a can all day long, but there's nothing like freshness. Fresh stuff, and, yeah. and that's all donated. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's amazing what we get donated and, and what God brings us in. So, as long as we're good stewards with that, it's 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 going to be amazing that way. And then getting there, you know, we have a window. We have a you know. You want to keep this food up to temp, you know, it can't drop underneath a certain amount or, or we got to retry it again, you know. Um, and that's all the things, you know. The whole time I've been at the mission, we've always gotten good to excellent repayment from the health department. You know, any restaurant I've ever worked at has gotten good to excellent, you know. It's just um, my my guys that when they come through here, we, we try to get them serve safe certified, get them, get, them, get them in there, get them knowledgeable, get them, get them what they do. Um, that way they can take that anywhere. They can take that to the next thing, you know, or we sponsor them to go to no more empty pots. Uh, there's so many programs out there, culinary programs. If you, if you got an inkling for that, I'm going to help you try and do that. You know, we're going to help you try to move along to get into those spots uh, because that's, that's what God's called us to do. I want to make you better. You know, I don't want to hurt you. Um, and the food. Yeah, it's, I want to make great tasting meals, but it's, it's down to the volunteers, all the way down to um, the, the students, down to the product, down to what we get that day, you know, or, or what, we, 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 what we were expecting is, is something different, you know. And that's, that's, that's 90% of the fun on that is, is making, it, making it happen, you know. And, and we're joking around, you know, we got some good chefs in there now. I got Chef Ken in there now, and we got Mark coming up. So it's, it's fun because we're hauling around, you know. What do you want, Chef? What are you doing? You know, let's get this done, you know. And it's fun, you know. We call it playing restaurant. <laughs> but it's, it is. The camaraderie's there. Um, so we're, we're having a good time. And, and we're getting us hot, hot meals out, you know. Um, we're going to be coming up over the, the holiday season. So we want to make sure that we're, we're going to have enough for everybody because we know the numbers are going to be up, obviously. So, Who makes up your staff? And how do you train them? Uh, I have Ken. He's my head chef. I have Mark, who's a kitchen associate. And then we have me. There's just three of us. And everybody else is volunteer or students. And that's why we cannot do what we do at the Open Door Mission without the volunteer staff, 
um, when, when the King of Kings came in. You know, it was amazing. You know, we got a lot of stuff done. Um, we we rely on people to serve. We rely on, on people to come in and help us do food prep. You know, we get all those vegetables. We, get, we, need, we need them cut, washed, put away. Um, onions, everything, every, everything that we're doing, that we're planning, we're, we're trying to plan, we cannot do without all the volunteers. And uh, that's daily. That's every day, 365, you know. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, hey, I, I could do that, I could help, how, how do they get involved? They can go to the opendoormission.org uh, website, go into the volunteer tab, and you scroll down there, and then there's an application that you can put on. And Deb and her team, Tara and those guys, will get a hold of you, get you orientated, and then uh, get you in there serving, man. It's like God came God came not to be served, but to serve. You mm-hmm. know? And, and be in servitude, and, 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 and it's fun because folks will come in and they'll serve dinner or lunch or, or help us proof or, or do whatever. But we're all having fun. We're all joking around back there. We're, we're getting to know each other. Some of, some of these volunteers have been coming here longer than I've been here. So yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. How do you continue to educate yourself about food, about new products, about new techniques, new recipes? How are you learning? Um, a few things. I, I got a couple of websites that I go through. Um, and, and as a chef, you're always looking for something. You know, it's it's like if, if you're a car mechanic, you're always looking at a different car, right? You know, so it's, it's like uh, new knives, new techniques, Um what what's what's going on now? What are they serving in, in the restaurants that you're going to? You know what what's the flavor of the week? You know, um, so many things, different ways to prepare things. Um, you could have the same meal and it could be prepared seventy different ways. You know what I mean? Um, are you sweating it down or 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 are you mincing it or or you know it's yeah. It's just if you're if you're chefy and geeky like me, you're 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 looking those things up. You know, you're just. You're just out crying for that. You know, what do I want to make that there's that ingredient in there that somebody goes, what, what is that? That was good. But what was that? You know what I mean? You know, like in, into your rice mix, your rice pilafs. Um, I, I had a guy at work tell us, you know, I've never seen so many ways to make rice different. And, and we just giggle about it, you know, because, yeah, you can make rice different. <laughs> you know, I mean, we use a lot of starches. So rice, uh, potatoes, um, pastas, you know, we're trying to make it look different and taste different every time. So. You were talking about uh, the students earlier and how you really try to mentor them. You can name names or not name names if you want to, but are, are there any particular stories that kind of come up in your mind when you think about that, about guys or, or people who come in who, you know, were kind of on a rough path like you were and you, you showed them that there was a different way? Absolutely. I mean, when, when, when we show up to the mission, we're broken. At least I was. I mean, I was broken. It took a, a, a good while to, to see some of the blessings. You know, um, we have a thing at the mission to stay for the blessings. Um, if you're in a hurry to get out of, and you're not, you're not staying for the blessings, you know, you're not hearing what God's trying to do for you. Um, so, and that's, that's the beauty of what we get to do. Cause I see you when you come in, I get to see that transformation. I get to see the aha moments and the miracles, I call them. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're looking at me going, you know what? You know, and, and then all of a sudden, this guy at the end here that that's, has his tassel over on the other side on graduation day doesn't even resemble the guy that walked in the door, you know, five months ago or, or four months ago, six months ago. You know what I mean? It's like 
who who was that guy? You know what I mean? And it's and that's that's worth it. That's worth everything right there for me. You know, the transformation, the blessings, the aha moments. Yeah. The the way that alcoholism and drug addiction releases the hold and and how the spirituality kind of takes over and gives them a, a new path and a new outlook on life, a new life. Hence the name New Life Recovery. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so so I, I know that um, a lot of people who, or there are a lot of people who listen to this show who are a part of the restaurant industry or have been involved with it in some way, and that's obviously um, one of the, the hospitality industry is one of the highest, has some of the highest alcoholism rates of of any job industry. So maybe for someone who's listening out there, do you have any advice just for how to get out of those struggles with addiction? And we don't even necessarily have to talk about alcohol, but just addiction Love what in you general. do, man. Yeah. Love what you do. If, 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 if you're a sauce guy, be a sauce guy. You know, if you're, if you're a, a savory chef, be a savory chef. You don't have to bake. You know, you don't have to do this. Don't get outside of your wheelhouse. Don't get to where the stress is, is where you think you got to have a, a, a relaxing shift drink at the end where, you know, which some people can't, you know, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of normal people, you know, and I've worked with a lot of alcoholics, but it's, it's weird for me knowing that I, I couldn't shut it off. You know what I mean? One was too many and, and blackout in Kansas city is not enough. You know what I mean? And, it's 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 scary for me to realize that I know I could probably go out and drink again, but I don't think I'd ever make it back. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do what I love to do, and and that's cook, and 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 it, talk about Jesus. You know. So how am I going to do that? I'm going to do it through my passions. I'm going to do it through my sauces. I'm going to, you know, as I'm talking to you about a Bible verse, I'm going to show you how to how to make Alfredo at a 20 gallon vat, <laughs> you know what I mean? Your arm's going to get tired, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, do what you love to do. If it's, if it's becoming a chore, rethink the wheel. You know what I mean? You know, what's your favorite dish? What, what do you like making? You know, uh, go with that, you know, um, love what you do and it's not a job. You get to come to work. You don't have to, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's where it's at. You talk about going into the walk-in and, you know, assessing what you have for the day. Are there ever, are there any particular products or proteins or anything where you see it and you're just like, oh yeah, I get to cook with blank today. Yeah. uh, My boss laughed at me because I carried around a, it was a, it was a, it was a whole rib shank. It was like the ribeye and the loin and everything. And I'm carrying this thing around like it's a baby. And, <laughs> and and she was coming through the kitchen, and she just kind of stopped and looked at me, and I'm like, don't judge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we do we do that. Yeah, so it's fun because you know what you can make out of this, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm holding 120 pounds of awesomeness, you know, and, and I know what I'm going to make out of this, this, and this, and this, you know, and everybody else just sees you carrying around a big slab of meat, you know. But you see... I see everything. a number of meals Absolutely. that are being developed from these different parts of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. We're we're weird, but yeah. <laughs> but the good kind of weird, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I'm not the only one that's carried meat around. I know you're out there. <laughs> so so uh, as as we wind down here, I I just I thank you so much for for 
the time and just for being so vulnerable and sharing today. Are there any parting thoughts that you'd like to leave the listeners with before we get out of here? Do what you love. Um, be mindful. Just learn, you know. Um, you don't have to know everything, but I guess the biggest thing is, is to know yourself more than than than, than you should. Uh, just Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was just such a true pleasure to get to meet you, to get to hear your story, and to hear about the inspiring things and the way that God is moving and, and you're working at the Open Door Mission to, to change lives. It's it's just really such an impactful thing, and I, I thank you so much for, for giving us the time and for giving us the honesty, honestly. Absolutely, yep. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you my testimony because that's what God calls me to do, so... And uh, and if I was if I was going to lie to you, then I don't want to be fooling myself. So, addiction's real, alcoholism's real. Um, it is. Addiction doesn't care how old you are, how young you are, what you look like, what color you are. It just wants to drive you down. So the the, the if we can beat through the addiction and 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 find a, a healthy hobby, you know, mine's cooking eight hundred pounds of meat. You know, yours maybe baking or, or doing whatever just find find your find your spot you know find that calling find a way to make a positive impact out of it absolutely and and, and it, can you make that a teachable moment or a learning moment you know mm-hmm. that's that's the the benefits right there is this a learning moment or is this a teachable moment am i being taught or am i am i, am I learning something you know i tell my staff all the time to if if, if i'm being weird pull me aside teach me you know, tell me that I'm out of judgment. Tell me, you know, I'm not, I'm not so much that you can't hold me accountable. So, um, before we go, I just want to leave all the listeners with a with a quick parting shot here. If if you have been moved during this to to volunteer at the Open Door Mission, fantastic. Go to opendoormission.org. Uh, you can learn more about the all the opportunities, not just in the kitchen, but absolutely all around the campus and. And please consider you can make donations as well. Um, that really goes a long way and helps a lot of people. And with that, uh, we're going to close out the show today. Once again, thank you to my guest. As a reminder, don't forget to go to piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN. That's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, HOPPEN, to get 25% off your order. And as always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.